okay. is probably me. Yeah. Which is there's just some people who just don't think that even if you that a that probably a set of us that just don't even think we could fail. Yeah. And then if we do fail, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's true, Rick. It'll just be we'll just figure out something else to do. I, yeah. I remember when I and I've changed a lot as I've grown and learned, but yeah. my business partner, current business partner now was like, I don't know that I've met anybody that will just willing to take more risks than you are. Yeah. He goes, it's a little scary. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I said, well, it's, it's actually a problem. And I had to learn to do it a little differently, yeah. but I think that there's, there are a set of people, and you're right about all of it. Yeah. There's a set of people that have a fail safe. There's a set of people who are super hedgers, which is yeah. probably more like yourself. Yeah. You're going to hedge it. Yeah. And then there's a set of people, they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Hey there, welcome to the Made Right Here podcast. It's Paul from the IT company. Super excited about our two-part uh, series here with Gavin Baker of Baker Labs. Uh, I think it's still called Baker Labs. Sorry, Gavin, if it's not. Um, this is episode one. Excited for you guys to listen. Gavin is a really fun guy, interesting guy, born in Scotland. Um, and just his story of how he grew up. We always do this in the, the first half, and I, and I always am just fascinated to listen about the influence of a parent uh, and just how much of an impact his father has made in his life and the, the example he set for Gavin to be the parent he is, to be the man he is, to be the husband he is. So have a listen to part one with Gavin Baker. So what I'd love to know is a little bit about growing up sure. and there's some things I'm fascinated about that. So you can sure. think about zero to 12 first, sure. but the first thing I saw when I read this is you're born in the UK. I was, well, yeah. it's, I was born in Aberdeen, yeah. but you grew up in outside of Missouri or outside, outside of St. Louis. Yeah. So yeah. just thread that needle for us and talk to us about growing up. Yeah, yeah, sure. So my parents are both from Chicago land. So my dad grew up north of Chicago and my mom grew up south of Chicago. Okay. But basically for, for all intents and purposes, Chicago is where they oriented. And my parents, my dad's a seminary professor. So he went to go to seminary at a place called the University of Aberdeen, which is in Scotland. And it's a, it's well known in lots of circles for what it does. And Aberdeen is like North Sea oil, like country. Wow. So it's, it is, it, it's, it, I've actually been back multiple times. It's a fascinating, fascinating place. It's full of a lot of, and there's actually, as weird as it sounds, I met my Nora, who's my daughter, one of her best friends, mom's lived in Aberdeen and her sister was born there because her dad was a, a oil exploration, mm. like geologist kind of person. Because like, Basically, it's you fly in the airport. And it's like smaller than our airport, hmm. and then there are all these hangars with like multinational, like Lockheed Martin, and like all the because all the BP. oil, yeah, because like, yeah. all the oil. And so huh, my parents were there for four, five years, and then we were, he went to seminary for five years in Scotland. Went to grad school. He got his PhD. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So he yeah. So he has like multiple degrees and yeah. lots of things, but. Got his PhD there. So his PhD is in Greek and New Testament. But That's impressive. Yeah, he's a pretty impressive person. That's cool. And oddly enough, even in Knoxville, I met, he studied in our guy named Howard Marshall. I'm in a store here in town. <laughs> this guy comes through the Scottish accent. I'm like, oh, you sound like you're from Scotland. He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my dad was like, oh, yeah, I studied in, I was in primary with that guy. I'm like, what? How is this possible? <laughs> I'm like, so anyway. Were that, you the only sibling born there? No. So I have a twin brother. And oh, that's that. right. You have yeah, a twin. So just okay. my twin. So we were born okay. there and healthcare in the UK. In the 80s is really not like amazing okay because it's i don't know if it's socialized or centralized i don't know how they refer to it okay but, but basically my mom was fortunate she tells a story if we hadn't she had not had twins she basically would have been born like in a communal ward so because we had twins she got a private room you got it because she was a special yeah. case 
And so I have a twin brother. And my mom's friend when she found she was pregnant, that would be as different as possible. And, <laughs> and we're proof that God has a humor because it's very true. Well, I saw uh, what you said. He's shorter than you. He's he, blonde hair, blue eyes. If he was here right now, you'd be like, you guys are brothers? And he actually talks more than I do. Really? Which is an impressive feat. It really is. He talks so much. It's But he, and he's way smarter than me. So you're fraternal, which yeah. means two different eggs, not... Right. Not a split. We're not split. Yeah. So yeah. we are not identical. Yeah. Like structurally, we do look the same, but he has blue, like blonde hair, blue eyes. He's five, six. He did music, theater, like to the point we were in high, went to a big high school. So our high school was, my high school was bigger in students than my college. So it was like 3,300 students. Wow. Longest hallway is a quarter mile long. Wow. Big school. And we are in class uh, my junior year and he transfers in the teacher didn't know we were related <laughs> until parent teacher conferences. <laughs> Cause she was like, oh, no, we're, yeah, like, what, why are you here? It's, oh, Kyle's our son too. It's, oh, are you, like, cause our last name is Baker. So it's not like this, like, really, like, unique name. Right. And, so, yeah. and she was like, oh, so like, we don't, we, like, we had very little interaction. We had very little connection and those kinds of things. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So, how long were you guys in Scotland? So, we left when we were like six weeks old. So, I'm sorry, six months old. Okay. So, we moved back to the States so not, well after. Yeah. That. No, obviously, uh, no, no shaping or anything. In no, there. no shaping, yeah. no accent. I can't even get a passport. Was he, so. was your dad already at the tail end of it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he, had right. to, he, I don't know if they, I don't know exact all the pieces because he had to go back and defend his dissertation yeah. and those guys. So I don't okay. know if they just chose to move back because okay. having two kids, two, two tiny babies in a town where you have no support is yeah be very difficult Tough. yeah my mom was also the one earning income so i don't know if like in the process of that got it. Like, okay. okay she was working yeah. while he was going yeah. to school yeah. so she it. worked for actually she worked for the wood group which like has an office here in town it's huh. like a big like a uk development company wow. yeah she worked for them so it's just Crazy. Funny, small yeah. things that's wild it's way, it was way smaller than now it's been acquired it has all these different yeah but again that was related to i think related to the petroleum stuff up there wow. so anyway okay. lots of interesting pieces of that so yeah but it's a big part of our story because it's it, from at least our family, like there's a lot of pieces about that mm. are really important to them because that that's the only time they've ever lived away, oh. and so and then the, the formation of the family basically right. happened at that. That's time. a big that's a big decision to choose to move away, and yeah. I don't know if they chose to get pregnant or it just happened, yeah. but, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're starting a family right. in Scotland while you're I'm working and you're getting your PhD. Right. That's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on, a lot of, but a big deal to them and, and important in lots of ways, and so cool. then basically. Being a college professor is similar to being the military. Like you have to move or big corporate jobs. You have to move yeah. to get the next job. Right. It's very rare that most colleges have enough openings where you're at. So basically they would move, they moved a couple, every couple of years. So they moved in when we were little to basically when we were five, we moved to St. Louis. We were in Memphis before that. And then they moved to St. Louis and then we grew up and grew up the entire time there. Basically kindergarten to high school graduation. Did he stay at the same, was he a he professor did. at the same college the whole time? He did actually my junior year of high school, he took a new job at a different seminary in Cincinnati got a sabbatical for year one and wow. then worked remotely traveling back and forth for year two. Cause he had taught undergrad up until that point. Okay. And then he switched to teaching grad school seminary. Yeah. So the, the schedule of that was a little less mm. like rigorous. Like mm. there was more of a, you come in for a, I don't know how they worked it, but he could come in for two or three days, do the bulk of his teaching and then come yeah. back home. Got it. And so then they actually moved to Cincinnati after I graduated high school, wow. uh, which is its own thing. Still they, there? No, they actually just moved to Cookville. Oh, to be because cool. my brother's in Nashville, yeah, so they cool. wanted to be. Two, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, up until they moved in, they sold their house in September. Yeah. So how was it? How was growing up? What was your life like as a kid? It seemed pretty normal to me, and I don't like. It was we church on Sunday. Both my parents worked. 
my dad's schedule, probably the weirdest part for us was my dad was home because of his class schedule. Yeah. He could be home. Yeah. So when I came home from school, my dad was home. Yeah. In the summer, my dad was home. Yeah. He didn't work in the summer. Yeah. What'd your um, mom do? My mom is in corporate philanthropy. So she worked for a big company called the May Department Stores. They're like one of these like giant sleeper companies you've never heard of. So they're headquartered there, <laughs> but they own, they're like a holding company. They own, I don't know how many they are now, but at the time they own 25 regional, like the one in, in Knox, it's in St. Louis is called Famous Bar. So it's like the, or they own Strawbridge's and Hex. They own David's Bridal. They own all mm. this retail. Oh, but then basically that was all locally owned. Mm. And then let's just say, we'll call it globalization. It's actually more efficient to have one buyer go yeah. to wherever to buy the stuff huh. to then place it in, in the retail. Yeah. And so they'd keep the local name because the local people would go, like at least in St. Louis, they'd be like, Oh, we got to go to Famous and Bars to buy this stuff, right? <laughs> Here, that might have been true of uh, probably not a goodies, but like a belt. Oh, we got to yeah. go to belt to buy. Like, this it's the departments where you go to yeah. the file of stuff. Huh. So she worked for the corporate arm of that. And like, the size of them is like, it's probably just like, they bid to buy Macy's. So like, in terms of the size of the company, yeah. they're big. They owned a lot of like regional yeah. pieces. And she was in corporate philanthropy, meaning yeah. she was on the giving, how they gave out into yeah. the world. I yeah. guess a company yeah. that Yeah, so a lot of PR, a lot of market, like a P and philanthropy is kind of that middle. It's not quite fully PR, it's not mm -hmm. quite fully marketing, but it is on the corporate side, it's also not fully, it's, what's the right word? It's intentional, yeah. but it's also strategic. Yeah. They're not yeah, just sure. giving away money to give away. It's, yeah. hey, how do we recruit people? How do we mm -hmm. build community awareness? Mm -hmm. Like we want to support the place we are. Yeah. But at the same time, a side benefit and she it, also yeah. did lots of stuff with the annual report and just all mm. these, there were lots of, a lot of the marketing work that I do probably stems from some of like things she's done or I've learned yeah. from her. It That's was interesting, cool. but she was, her schedule she worked downtown, so she drove up in the morning, drove downtown to, to St. Louis. And we live north of about 30 minutes. Okay. And so we live in a suburb. And so actually, mm. so where we grew up, and this is writing for most people in terms of like geography, but where we grew up is like the school district next to us was Ferguson. I grew up in Florissette, was Ferguson, where oh, like all the Ferguson yeah. riots oh, and things yeah. were, right? Yeah. So that is the edge of where I grew up. Okay. And so, which is its own kind of interesting. Yeah. That's uh, what I'm sure world. for you growing up in that area when that yeah. happened, it's probably pretty close to home. Yeah. Like I didn't, I saw it in the newsletter, but I saw it on Facebook first. People saying, hey, we're a mile from where it's happening. Yeah. If you need a safe place, we're here. And you're kind of like, what? Like yeah. here we are, like friend people that you yeah. knew and stuff. Yeah. Wow. They're just like basically community Crazy. organizing, yeah. you know, wow. safety and or the pursuit of safety. Yeah. But great city. St. Louis is a great city. Mm. Two of my best friends from St. Louis, we are the reason I'm here in Knoxville and, and still here in Knoxville. Yeah. We huh. still get together with them. So it's awesome. What are, what are your best memories of growing up as a kid I, when you I think back? Have, it's fine. I don't have a ton of like memories of growing up. I, I don't know why. I don't think I've repressed them or anything, but I don't have any <laughs> yeah. really. I'm, by the way, I'm like that too. I heard John Wood, who was the pastor at Cedar Springs for yeah. years, said this thing. He goes, my brother remembers everything. Yeah. He goes, me, if you told me about something, yeah. I would remember it. Yeah. He goes, but I think it's just because I'm a look forward type of person. Yeah. So I just don't. But if you yeah. said, hey, do you remember in seventh grade, we went to John's house and we all swam in the pool and they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah Billy was there and right. we, somebody hit their head. Yeah, I remember yeah. all that. But if you were just like, what's a great memory? You're like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't have any, going back to our, I don't have any of these like, these giant big mm -hmm. things. Growing up, we did Boy Scouts and we did sports and we did, like, actually looking back on it, the, as an adult with kids who do sports now or toe in the water in sports. I'm like, I don't know how my parents, do. I don't feel like I work crazy hours, but in this context of sports, I'm like, how did they do this with church? Like we did church on Wednesdays and on Sundays and Boy Scouts on Tuesdays and sports practices multiple days a week and mm. then travel tournaments on the weekends. And it was just, it's crazy, I, don't know, it? I don't know how they have paid for it. And yeah. I don't know how they, I don't have the time <laughs> to do it because everything in our family is duplexed, right? Yeah. One kid's in sports, you got two kids in sports, right? Yeah. right? And your brother always play the same sports or we was it? We did up until the point when it became clear that wasn't probably the right course of action. We played on the same team. And I was like, I've always been an athlete of some sorts, but like the teams I was on were very 
good. Was he more, you say theaters, he was more into that, you're more into sports. Yeah. Is that kind of where the diversion started, started, yeah, started, started separating? That's where it started, yeah. yeah. Like one of the guys I played baseball with, it's not, they're not all this, but as an example, his name's Kyle. Um, not to be confused with my brother, Kyle. Kyle got drafted out of high school mm -hmm. and then won a World Series pitching for the Cardinals. So like when I say Kyle. his name is Kyle McClellan. Really? Yeah. So when I say there are people that were good at, like yeah. he was an outlier, but like, He's Still, the top. Like, this is 1%. But that was the team I played on. So I was not very good on that yeah. team. So that was the team I played on. Yeah. So there was a point when I wasn't really playing. Kyle, my brother, wasn't playing at all. And it wasn't fun yeah. for him either. And right. so he switched to a different... My, but my parents' rule was like, if you start something, you finish it. Yeah. And so we do that with our kids too, mm -hmm. which is my wife didn't play sports at all. And so she has a little bit different view of that. It's always fascinating when you bring those two together. I'm hearing a lot yeah. of actually families. My yeah. wife and I both were big sports people, yeah. so it's not a big deal for us. But I hear a lot of families yeah. like that. Uh, like we have one in our small group yeah. who says, oh, he grew up, didn't play anything. Yeah. I grew up like competitive everything. Yeah. So we're putting our kids in sports and all these events and stuff. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, completely different, right? Why are we doing all these yeah. things? And she's like, what are you talking about? This is exactly yeah. what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> and so we haven't, she's actually been more like, you're going to do it. Cause I played sports in college too. I'm like, I think sports build character. I think yeah. there's a lot of pieces about integrity and growth and challenge. Mm -hmm. Kind of sports. There's also a lot of things that are really crappy about comes out yes, of sports. Sure. Forced ranking and just being told you're not good enough yeah. and all these, even if you're not told that you're just not you're not told you are good or you just see it i don't know i guess i don't get to but you know like yeah and so i think growing up that was we were busy we always did that stuff mm -hmm. we and my parents were they're great parents they're amazing people but i, I don't have these like landmark memories in yeah. that sense we did a lot around the, the church we went to had a big youth group so there mm -hmm. were like 20 some churches don't but like ours did so there were like in my two like the two grades above and below us like a kind of three-year range there were probably 35 people it's so like my high school like church friend group was 15 people it's so like mm. you just had this very yeah. low it was like uh, a lot of churches you'd have one person right we have all these people with huge youth groups so like mm. we had a lot of things centered around that that yeah. anchored a lot of our lives too i remember um, you telling me when i was talking to you about building my pool yeah and we were talking about being the place where everybody wants to be in your yeah. i can't remember who you said but like, oh yeah such and such yeah, and they're, they're, yep. yeah yep the refrigerator was always stocked yep. with yep. drinks yeah <laughs> like that was Eric. yep yeah. yeah. And that's what they, and my parents wanted to have a house like that and they desired to do that. Yeah. It didn't end up working out that way just because someone else had a bigger and better house. Yeah. And, more stuff. <laughs> and it wasn't even more freedom while we were there. It was yeah. just, they just had big screen TV and big couches and yeah. a pool table. It was the place just, to be. Yeah, it was the place to be. It yeah. was fun. And it worked out. And my parents were fine with that too. Yeah. I mean, it was, but I think there's, I've talked with lots of clients about family things and there's, and people, and there's ones like, I didn't have any desire to have a boat, mm. but I knew I had a boat my girls would be on the boat yeah. and they'd bring their friends yeah. and I'd rather be that. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather learn how to do a boat. I'd rather just burn the money on a boat yeah. to do that I know. than be wondering about my daughters on someone else's boat. Yeah. And so just thinking through, how's that really, that's family stuff, but how's that part work? It's, it's um, interesting. I don't know if you've been doing this with, I know you guys, and we'll talk more about this for big outdoors and all the stuff that you guys do, mm -hmm. which is amazing. But I had two, I made two big decisions financially around what I would say would be frivolous. One was a boat yeah. and the other was a pool. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't know if frivolous is the right word for it. But several friends of mine who I would ask about, dude, just spend the money. Yeah. Like it, for your family, it'll be the best thing. Yeah. To your friend's point, like it's just, they'll be with you and that's what you want. And it definitely worked out that way with the boat. Yeah. The pool was just done. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what but happens. I, but I think there's value in those things. And so like growing up in our family, one of the parts that was not odd, but it was different. It was like St. Louis is very generational. So one of my best friends, his name is Chris. He is on both of it. He went to the same high school his parents went to. So we went to the same high school. His aunts and uncles, he has five or six on each side. Like they all live in St. Louis. So like holidays, 
He's like, yeah, we're going to my mom's, my grandma's house from the morning and I'll be for the afternoon. I'm like growing up, we were traveling to Chicago. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we'll be gone the entire time. I literally didn't understand why people like Thanksgiving <laughs> because my first Thanksgiving not traveling was this first year I was married and oh. my in-laws live in Kingston. And so we woke up Thanksgiving morning. We drove to Kingston. Like we relaxed. We sat around the fire. Like we, had, it was a beautiful fall day. Yeah. Like it was like, it was very idyllic. <laughs> like it was just like the fire's going. It's nice outside. Yeah. We go upstairs. We have dinner with the family. We drive home and then we wake up on Black Friday. And it's like, oh, there's three more days. Like, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But growing up, my experience was just so different. Always going to we Chicago. Always going, we were always yeah. in the car, always going to Chicago. Mm. It was always rushed. There was always mm. things going on. Yeah. We oriented very much towards my, my, my mom's family was our orient, even though, because, they lived a little closer. They were yeah. just not much closer, but we did a lot of things relative to them. Com- I think that's fairly common too. A lot of people orient towards the mom wherever reason. Yeah, just... and so we did a lot more things, or not around that, but we, with them. We did it with them. Yeah. We, my my grandmother actually, my dad's mom had. They she had agreed early on. We'll take. I'll take Thanksgiving, which was fine. But we drove through my mom's town mm-hmm. to get to there, so we'd always stop on the way. And then, but then <laughs> for Christmas, we didn't go all the way back up. Yeah. So it just we saw them more in that sense. Were they were both in Illinois? My dad lives in my dad's family. My dad grew up in Waukegan, Illinois, but his mom lives in Kenosha, Wisconsin, yeah. which is just further right, up the lake. Yeah. And then my mom grew up in Hammond, Indiana, which is near Gary, just so like. Okay. Closer to Lake, just like literally, like I got my first haircut on State Line Road, which is the road <laughs> between the two states. So that's cool. Yeah. What are you talking about your parents? I know you mentioned your dad in here, but how do you feel like if now, as married, couple kids, yeah. running a business, like I know I can look back and see how my parents shaped me. Yeah. Is there anything specific? You mentioned your mom yeah. with the kind of marketing sure. stuff. Like what, how do you feel like? How do you feel like their influence has played itself out in who you are? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I'd say primarily my dad is very like even keeled, which I am too. Like mm. I don't get up and I don't get down. I'm just like mm. not exactly plotting, but like closer to that. At times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like there's a, I was telling the team this yesterday, but there's a, I think it was a Pat Summit quote, which was something like asked her, like, how do you get through kind of your diagnosis? And her answer was left foot, right foot, mm. pause, repeat, mm-hmm. right? Left foot, pa- light foot, left foot, foot, pause, repeat. And mm. I'm like, that resonates a lot. Just like, you keep going. Keep moving. And I think my dad, like, one of the things I told my mom once, I said, my dad's dad, my mom only met my dad's dad once. He died when he was in college. My dad was in college. Oh, well. And so I asked my dad, my mom once, I said, how is dad such a good dad? Mm. Because he's doing stuff that like nobody did for him. Like mm. he didn't have a dad at his wedding. Mm. He doesn't, his dad yeah. didn't see the first, like the kid. Uh, There's yeah. all these things that like, you kind of learn by seeing. Yeah. And he, he didn't have that. Right. And, he, and he's been incredible at those things. Some of it's probably, I think he's just, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. And he asks you questions. He mm-hmm. likes to he, he kind of ask people of things. But so that's all it said. My dad loves sports. He always encouraged us to do sports. He was always, he's not your like typical sports dad. Like in St. Louis has a lot of typical sports dads. I think just like it's a, a big ho- sports town. Dude wearing a hockey thing. <laughs> you know, like, just, or a hat. And he loves sports, but he is not, let's get 15 beers and start yelling at people. Yeah. That's not my dad at all. Right. And so he doesn't always fit. In that sense, mm. but he was always very good. I will, please, whatever you need to be done mm. to do these things. Yeah. When I played base, switch baseball, he's like, let's figure out how to get a different baseball team. He mm. pulled the team together, just in which was a big deal. Yeah. A lot of work. But he put the work in it to mm. make it happen. He's always very, our, having twins, everything's fair in our family. It's always <laughs> been fair. Even Chris, who's my friends with St. Louis, he's like, oh, your parents are moving. He's like, I bet Joni's going to pick the mile marker that's smacked up in the middle between your and Kyle's house. And the, you know what? She did it. You're like, it is like, <laughs> maybe not intentionally, but it is like, Almost yeah, exactly. 96 miles to our house and that's 98 to awesome. theirs. Like, it's just, it's how she's li- they've lived their entire uh, life. Like cool. you get one thing, he gets one thing. Yeah. Which I definitely bring that to our kids. Like I'm like, there are times where I'm like, if 
that's not fair. Yeah. I don't like that phrase when our kids use it, but I'll tell Naomi, like, that's not really, but Naomi grew up with three sisters, two sisters, mm -hmm. one of three. So it's, her world's different. different was, yeah. Everything was never like, it may have been a, a, like appropriate, but it wasn't always equal yeah. or it wasn't always fair. And I'm more like, yeah. so how did my parents, so I think the shaping of that, he's always, and then I think too, he very much was like, you can't quit. Not like you, you can't quit ever, yeah. which is some parents, like you can't quit. Right. It was more of like, you said you were going to do this and you need to do it. Till it's over. Till it's over. And yeah. at that point, you can choose. But yeah. I remember with Kyle, Kyle's like, I don't want to play sports anymore. He's like, yeah, you don't, you have to play sports. You don't have to play on this competitive team. But you don't get, you still have to do a sport because of just think of just what the you values learn that from, come it. from yeah, it. Yeah. Even with like with Boy Scouts, like at some point, I'm sure we had a conversation. I don't remember it, but I'm an Eagle Scout. But my dad's a big piece of that because he, he didn't push me to do mm -hmm. it. Some dads do. It was more like you said you wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't get to stop. Kyle Eagle Scout. Kyle's too? also an Eagle Scout. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But you don't get to stop at yeah. life and you don't, which is the next, the rank mm -hmm. below it. And you don't get to stop in the middle of mm -hmm. like, I don't really want to do my Eagle Scout project. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, too late. Yeah. That ship has sailed. You got to figure it yeah. out. Do um, you think, the little pause here, do you yeah. think the Boy Scouts have influenced this love of being outside? For Probably. You? I would think so. I mean, yeah. we camped and stuff growing up, but like my dad, my, neither of my parents are like, outdoors people yeah. i don't actually nora was asking the other day she's like, what is culture Nora's seven what's mm. culture and we were trying to talk explain it and it's not like we were driving out the max back actually it's some families like hunting is part of their family culture because mm. there was a sign that said like no hunting yeah it's like i was like and there are plenty of that's what they grew up doing they grew up hunting on the weekends they grew up hunting like deer season's a big deal mm. like they're in the deer stand with their dad that's not part of our family heritage and culture wrong with it it's just not who we are yeah. today at least in terms of the past and this mm. culture and and so like I don't probably. That's what we got outdoors a lot because of those yeah, things. Yeah, I would say if you're an um, Eagle, if you made Eagle Scout, you spent a lot of time. We did spend on a the lot. way to. And being... we were in a great. If you're gonna do that, we were in a great Boy Scout troop, and that's really the key. Yeah. Being in a, in a bad troop is never gonna get yeah. you. It's like anything. Yeah. Top grading, but right. we had a lot of Eagles in our group because yeah. it's just. Huh. So anyway, but so it's probably part of it for sure. How about your mom? But the influence. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I know. I, one of the things my mom. So we. It's just the two of us, me and my brother, and so we did a lot of things that. Some people are surprised by. So like we learned to cook. Mm. So like mom and my mom's a good cook. She's cooked a lot. My dad also cooks too, but like because mm. uh, the because he was home oftentimes prepping yeah. to because he was there. But like I grew up cooking. We grew up making mm. cookies and doing all those kinds of things. So there are times people yeah. are like, how do you know how to do that? So my, my mom taught me. Yeah. It's normal. Like it's not weird to me. She to teach you things. other I don't wanna be overly stored for it. I don't know what it is. Classifying like your mom was the one that cleaned and stuff, but oh yeah. Did she, domestication things did both either or one of them, like, hey, wash your clothes, clean the house. Yeah, like, I didn't. We had to share, like, tasks doing, like, vacuuming or sweeping mm -hmm. or those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, we, my dad did make us learn how to mow the grass. Like, yeah. that was his thing. And once, he was, <laughs> once we could take it over, it became he's our like, thing. Yeah, he's drinking tea watching yeah. you guys. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he was ready to be doing something different. But, yeah, plenty of stuff like that. Like, our house was pretty – we did a lot of, like, art and culture kinds of stuff. Yeah. Not like opera, but, like, we grew up – they went, went to theater like huh. all, pretty often. Huh. The St. Louis has this really neat thing called the Muni. So the World's Fair, with 1904 World's Fair was in St. Louis. Okay. So there's like a, basically a Central Park kind of place in yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. And there's part of the remnants of that is an outdoor amphitheater that does Broadway plays. And so wow. it's called the Muni. Huh. And so it's a nonprofit. Yeah. And it's all outdoors. Hmm. So we'd go at least once a year and That's go to the cool. Muni. Yeah. In fact, twice a year. And then we go to other... St. Louis is just a big town. There's lots of colleges. Yeah. So they all have art stuff. So there's just a lot of room mm. to do those kinds of things, which cool. definitely influences. We, I like theater. I enjoy yeah. going mm. to more than like movies, but I enjoy going to theater. Mm. I don't enjoy going to like opera per se, but like yeah. those cultural kinds of things. I don't like going of. to things that I don't understand, yeah. which is why I don't like going to opera. I understand like, that too. It sounds beautiful. But I have no idea what, what you're are you saying. saying? Exactly. <laughs> and even some theater. Nam and I went to some plays at the Clarence Brown that were Shakespeare. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it, tough to follow sometimes. And Shakespeare's great if you understand yeah. the, the rhythm and the cadence of the, and what the pieces yeah. are. If you don't, it's just people it's talking tough. about killing people. It can be really confusing. Yeah, it's, and they don't know what's happening. Yeah. They don't know who these people are. And then until we, we left a couple of those in yeah. the middle, it's like, we got a babysitter. What are we doing Did you, Growing up in yeah. St. Louis, yeah. it would seem like in that time frame was probably Rams, Cardinals, yep. and the, what's the hockey team? Blues. So you had all three of those sports. Yep. And it was the Kurt Warner time. Yeah, Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah, Kurt wow. Warner won a Super Bowl while I was in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So were you guys big into those teams? Did it even matter to you? Was it didn't matter to us. Like, again, our worldview, my parents really looked to Chicago for a lot of stuff. So my dad's mm. a big White Sox fan. Uh, yeah, so. Poor guy. Yeah. Is right. he from the South? Yeah, he's, he, from, he's actually he's from the, the North side. side. So he's flipped oh, around. Interesting. Yeah, so it's. Interesting. Yeah, it's okay. a weird thing. Yeah, All he right. should be a Cubs fan. Yeah, he's interesting. Not. White Sox through and through. Yeah, but my dad loves Bears baseball. fan too. Not so much in the football, yeah. but yeah, okay. I mean, like, but loves my baseball. dad told me. My mom told me a story once. My dad ran. This is crazy, but like skip school to run home to listen to a World Series or playoff NCLS or something like that game on the radio mm. when he was like eight. Wow. You know, like just this. Uh. Crazy yeah. kind of a thing. But yeah, sports were huge. St. Louis is a huge sports, sports town, style. which is a little bit weird because our family, well, and even me, Adam, who's a previous guest, like Adam's like, you're weird because you play sports, but you don't like sports. So I'm like, that is true. Like, like I've played competitive sports my entire life, but I have zero desire huh. to watch a football game on TV. Like I can understand it. Yeah. And I don't mind watching it. You like it. going to live yeah, sports? Yeah, like, I don't mind them. Yeah. Like, it's not, you're not going to go out of your way to go to yeah. a baseball game not or go to a football game. Like we went to a hockey game, went to the Ice Bears game on Friday, mm-hmm. but the kids want to take yeah. the kids. So from that perspective, yeah, sure. I mean, there are places where it's like, if I had to choose between watch, even lacrosse, which I love, if I could watch, if it's watch lacrosse or like some other thing, mm-hmm. it's, it, I may pick the other thing. That's interesting. Which is, it, just, it is, it's, but like I have college roommates who are like, yeah, they're like, oh, that's the XYZ. He drafted out of this class and he, this is high school stats. I'm like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm never going to be that guy because I just don't care about that. But there are tons of people who do. It's yeah. just not where my brain space goes to. Did you ever, did you have any jobs or did you start working in high school right I there? I did. Yeah. Did? So my parents, their goal was really to provide for us and everything. So right. they didn't do this. I think we had allowances, but like it wasn't like. You want to have money, you have to go work. Right. But we started umpiring baseball when we were like twelve. Really? Yep. Because part of our community, <laughs> and pretty fun, is like there's the area where we played. Or sports. not fun. That could be not be fun too. I didn't do it for very long. Yeah. Because I don't like conflict yeah. that much, and it was really hard. And I'm like talking about being a three, I'm very performance oriented. Yeah. It's really hard to do well, right. even if you understand the game. It's still yeah, it's just so hard. It's, yeah, there's a lot of subjectivity. But to it paid. It was like yeah. fifteen bucks a game or something like that, and you got free food at the concession stand 12 year old and, that's and so you think like you could get two games like on a weeknight you get two games yeah and you get free food yeah and then on a weekend i mean you work a saturday you can make easily make a hundred bucks yeah now you're gonna get screamed at by somebody at some point <laughs> in that time frame but it was better money than you could make most places yeah. when you were 12 and so we did that Fun. and then eventually some family friends owned a nursery like a plant nursery yeah and so i worked at that for a period of time and it was did you guys end up doing the same jobs you and kyle most kyle of the time did umpiring I don't remember if he did the plant nursery yeah. or not. I think he may have as well because mm. it also paid decently. Yeah. It was like not really that hard of a job. Well, and you though ended up getting like really competitive in lacrosse and stuff. Yeah. I know just for myself when I got into playing baseball, I got very hard to yeah. work and do yeah. that to work around my schedule and yeah. all that stuff. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know that I ended up working that much. But again, that wasn't a big thing for our parents yeah. it wasn't like you have to be working it was right. like you can be working if you want right. to my brother ended up becoming like a restaurant server and he did mm. that quite a bit yeah. i never did that never yeah. felt the need to do that i did i started lacrosse has lacrosse there's a thing called lacrosse head which is the plastic part that okay. is white then there's the inside which is the net and you can dye those heads and you can string the heads with different kind of like 
styles for like okay. and so i started a business in high school stringing and dying lacrosse heads really? which was yeah it was a lot of fun and it, i made decent money doing it yeah. too because you could i could probably get paid i don't know 50 bucks a head oh. and it didn't take it took time but i had time right. and it didn't like but it didn't cost much yeah. I and mean, no one else was doing it there's a I, and I had a lacrosse team to sell into. Right. I didn't get into the whole market. Like I have like a captive audience. Yeah, and they all wanted it, and it worked out really <laughs> yeah. well. And so I could, I, mean, I made probably a few grand doing that in high was school. Was there a so. sense, do you think there was any sense of being an entrepreneur at this point, or was it just, yeah, I don't really I don't even that. really love that word. Sometimes okay. I have a hard time pronouncing it, so I just kind of <laughs> skip it. But I've always been, and even now, I would say I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a, uh, and I think some of that's about risk preference. So I think it's maybe about intentionality. Okay. But like, like family-wise, like, it's interesting. I've had family members pass away in the last couple of years. And so you can't get obituaries, you hear the story. Mm. And so I would have never, like my parents even say, it's so cool that you've started this business. Like you're the first person in our family to do that, which is true. But if you go back historically, like my dad, my, my family's part of a, a family of churches called the Stone Campbell Movement, which is like where Johnson University would fall okay. in that same thing. Okay. It's so like Kentucky Christian University, Johnson University. Basically, any church is like first Christian church of okay. probably fits under that banner. Okay. And that, that movement has historically been non-academic. Meaning we're training pastors, but we're not training theologians. Okay. And so it's, and so my dad is actually probably part of the early movement to say, Hey, we need to train them to be both or the hmm. movement needs both. Some people are going to be great at pastoring, but pastoring is not the same as theology. Yeah. And there are some people who could do both really well, but some, yeah. So he actually created an act. Part of that is like, how do you have an academic cornerstone? Hmm. So he created an academic journal called the Stone Campbell Journal, which he, he created runs. it. He created it. Yeah. He still runs it? Still runs it day. Yeah. The conference. Oh, right. And then he does conferences at different... So the conference will be at Johnson in yeah. April. So that's a form of entrepreneurship. It yeah, yeah. Looks so it's different. The, yeah, it's like social entrepreneurship yeah, to some degree. Like yeah. He's created this thing, hmm. recognized the needs, had pulled it together, created a board, created a supporting organization. <laughs> he's the editor impressive. of it. And then it publishes, I think, three times a year. And it's like academic theology driven, hmm. which is also, it's necessary for the movement because yeah. you have to publish and get criticism by other people. Hmm. Like in the truest yeah. sense of criticism of like- yeah thoughtful critique of your, yeah. that view might not be right. And so there's a whole thing to it. So he did that. Wow. When my grandmother passed away, we were at the funeral and this is my dad's dad. So the grandfather I never met, okay. he early on had helped create a like church planning organization in Chicago. Huh. And so he would travel from Waukegan and drive down to almost to like him until like that area hmm. to help think about church planning and where they go. And, that, and just think about it, that probably would have been like, I don't even know what that meant, like the 30s. 30s it's like yeah. traveling basically the whole edge of Lake Michigan to like after work on a Tuesday <laughs> you know, like to do this thing. Yeah. And so there are these, there's wow. historically some pieces of that. that yeah. Again, not, and then my mom has since started her own consultancy and that's what she huh. is now with PR. And, and my brother's had stints of opening his own thing and doing yeah. it. And there's, but again, it, it's not historical in the sense. Mm. Particularly, if I could have an easy proxy of Adam Slack's family. It's for generations, right. we have had, I don't need to tell a story, but like he said at one point, they like print up a t-shirt with every business they've ever created. And it's 87 businesses. Yeah. Like, because, <laughs> like on, and really on both sides of the families too, like yeah. his dad's side and his mom's side, they've been like identifying opportunities, creating, is there a market need and creating solutions to solve those yeah. things successfully or unsuccessfully, but still doing it over time. Sometimes too, I think that it's a good point you make about the word in a little bit of a different way. I think sometimes we tend to maybe over sensationalize or see that word in a way that is different than it is. I think a lot of it, if I think your dad's situation, his dad's situation, your situation, right. when we talk about how you started Baker, it's not like they're this like 
sitting around thinking about how can I start? It was more like opportunity, need, problem, challenge, situation, just going to step into it and do this. And so I think there's there's always two sides. I would say it's my story too. There's always two sides of it. There are people who, all these tech companies and stuff, who are, they're out to create something versus just you see something and you're like, man, I wish I could solve that problem. And then you just go solve it. Or something bad happens and you're forced to right. decide what to do and you decide to go do this yeah. because it's just maybe what you have to do at the moment. Right. So Yeah, and to me that's a, a the wrong side of the word entrepreneurship in that sense. But yeah. because I think it does has maybe it's been corrupted into being tech or startup oriented or, yeah. or built to built to be acquired. Yeah. Um, which again, nothing wrong with those things, but they're just a different a different framework. For me, mm-hmm. like Adam and actually we were at lunch one time and he just said he said to me, he said, Do you think I advise people to take too much risk? And I said, yes, I do. But by that time frame, yes, I do. And he said- You responded immediately. Yeah, I said, why? Before he finished talking, yes. Yes, yes. he said, why? I said, because, and I, I had Baker at the time. He probably had two roads at the time, but people yeah. love coming to Adam with that. Like, yes. Here's my idea. And he's very good at vetting them and very yeah. good at poking at it. I just said, because Adam, you have a fail safe and I don't. Yeah. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I said you have the ability to take on risk because your parents have the ability to bail you out. Mm. And they would. My, my parents do not have the ability to. They would want to. Yeah. Like, they would go into debt to, to save right. it, to save yeah. it. Your parents don't have to do that. Mm. And that's a, that, that gives you a lifeline mm. that not everyone has. And it's, so it's not it's a question of should you do it or not. It's more of your situation enables you to do it. Yeah. So you can do it. Mm. But that doesn't mean it's the right choice for everybody. It's fascinating. You say that I, uh, I think there's a third one. Just okay. probably me. Yeah. Which is there's just some people who just don't think that even if you that A that probably a set of us that just don't even think we could fail. Yeah. And then if we do fail, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so but that's true, Rick. It'll just be we'll true just figure out something else to do. I, yeah. I remember when I and I've changed a lot as I've grown and learned, but yeah. my business partner, current business partner now was like, I don't know that I've met anybody that will just willing to take more risks than you are. Yeah. He goes, it's a little scary. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I Adam, said, well, it's, it's actually a problem. Yeah. And I had to learn to do it a little differently, yeah. but I think that there's, there are a set of people, and you're right about all of it. Yeah. There's a set of people that have a fail safe. There's a set of people who are super hedgers, which is yeah. probably more like yourself. Yeah. You're going to hedge it. Yeah. And then there's a set of people, they're just like, whatever. Yeah. And there's, just figure it out. And it's all great. I mean, so in, in yeah, Adam's case, it all works. my view on his scenario is that. His yeah. view is more like yours. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm not worried about not figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, to the tune of lots of debt. Like, I'm not worried about figuring it out. It will work. Yeah. I can't figure, figure it, it out. out. Mine's less confident yeah. in that future. And you have yeah. a different tolerance level. Like, right. Adam and I would probably just be like, I'll just get a second mortgage. or I'll right. just borrow money. I'll just figure it right. out. Go, yeah. whatever. So you take his, you you're take like, family. you're very averse. I, from that you're going to hedge really hard. Yeah. To be like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Like, I'd just go back and get a job. That's probably the way you'd look at it. Right. And I'd like, no, I'm never going to work for Yeah, somebody. And I don't want, and I would say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But if I had to, yeah, sure. Yeah, I read a book a couple of years ago that it was about, it was really about faith and anxiety together. And in the one of the lines that stuck out to me, because I'd never thought of this, it says, basically, and I'm not really a worrier, generally speaking, but mm-hmm. my life's also been pretty like, achievement oriented and I've done a good job. Okay. So like I haven't had a lot fairly of worry free, fairly, really free. Yeah. Oh man, am I going to get an A on this test or not? I hope, yeah. I really hope I can get straight A's on this. Like yeah. never got straight A's, but I can try. But, but I also didn't get, I got one C in college, mm-hmm. you know, like huh? in Greek, oddly enough, because I thought I would be good at it because my dad's your dad. Not true. Had didn't, zero. Didn't translate. Ability. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Okay. I see. But the reality is that when the book said, basically warriors are people who have vision who think negatively instead of positively. Oh. And I never thought of it that way. I always thought of worrying as like this, like 
woe is me. Because again, I don't really worry. Yeah. And so I, don't, I wouldn't say that. But in the context when I was in this, when I was reading the book, I was like, I was worried. It was sense. like worst case scenario where yeah. like contingency, like, will we sell the house? Right. Like worrying. And so yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. And actually it was pretty freeing in the moment because I was like, oh, I guess I do have vision in that sense. So how can I flip that around to see the positive yeah. or the opportunity, not mm -hmm. just what, not the worst case that could happen. And there is power in your ability to look at the worst case scenario. Sure. You just don't want to make it debilitating. If it keeps you from, there's a time when it should keep you from moving. There's too much risk. Right. And that's asymmetrical or whatever it is. I shared with a friend once about business partners in this way. I said, it's, he was asking about it. I said, because I said it's complicated with partners. I said, the first question you have to ask yourself is, is it a risky business? Hmm. If whatever you're doing is really risky, then yeah. and then getting partners might not be a bad idea because it's a hedge. And so I think from a risk perspective, like right. your, your probably ability right. to look at all that is powerful as long as it doesn't debilitate, again, debilitate you to yeah. where you just do nothing. And at some point you, you, you can either self-insure to that or you can... It doesn't matter, yeah. you know? So for me, for our family in that sense, which is maybe getting to the second part more than you want, but my goal has always been, I want to have enough money in the bank that I can go for a year mm -hmm. to pay myself yeah. without having to impact the team. So it, then we can actually, to me, that's freedom. Yeah, That's smart. That's pillow money. Right? Yeah. I can sleep. If I've got to pay the bank to do that, then I'm not as worried about, because yeah. I don't want to have to like, then, because the market's the market. Like things are going right. to go up, they're going to go down. I can't predict any yeah. of that. And my financial advisor's like, that's the stupidest thing ever. But I'm like, but to me, when I can get to there, I'm not worried about yeah. that. That makes it feel better to me. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a dumb short-term decision financially, yes, it could be in the, in the stock market and doubling or, or cutting in half. Mm -hmm. I would rather, that's what gives me freedom to say, yeah. great, let's go hire the next person. Have yeah. you ever read Great by Choice? I've not read, I've read a lot of his stuff. I haven't read that one. If you read Great by Choice, yeah. I mean, one of the things he says is that all these great companies, one of the reasons they were they survived all the turmoil is because they had big cash buffers. Yeah. So I would argue towards your yeah, my like point. Yeah. cash is king. And I don't mean above people or stuff like that, but if you, freedom. if you can't yeah. have a way to produce cash that can sit in a way in the business to protect it, like right. again, they had 10 times more of the cash than all these competitors who didn't survive. So there's something to it. To write it out. That's yeah. Good. Tell me about going to Messiah. Like why, yeah. what was like, you're, you're in high school, yeah. playing lacrosse. Yeah. Why there? Why Messiah? I Two things. One, I, so one of the things I've, we talked earlier before the show, I'm a three on the Enneagram, which I don't wear a shirt that says I'm a three, but it's been helpful as I understand. So one of the things I am is very goal oriented okay. in the sense of like, I set a goal and I want to accomplish it. So I was like, I want to play lacrosse in college. Hmm. And I was in, in Missouri lacrosse terms. I was good. Okay. You need to understand that like Missouri lacrosse is like backwater lacrosse. It's not like the Northeast. Yeah. Like my college. Or the upper Midwest. That I talked about his dad's in the lacrosse college hall of fame. Oh. Okay. So like he played on a college lacrosse team that won state championships. He was like, he went D1 and then came back to Messiah, which is a division three school. And he just, we were reminiscing recently. He was like, he's like, when I came to Messiah, he transferred in after playing D1. He's like, my high school team could beat this team. And he didn't mean it mean we were fifth in the country at that time. Wow. He just meant the my graduating class had the, the lacrosse team was about 40 people. He's there were basically out of out of the years he played, like 35 of the 37 went to top tier division one teams. So he's like, it's not yeah. it wasn't mean, it's just it's like playing it's, a it's like playing I don't you may not know what this is, but it's like playing basketball or football at IMG down in Florida. Okay. Like everybody's going to go to a division one school right. that plays there. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And so that was not the case. Yeah. Like I was the first, 
person in my lacrosse club in high school to go play and, wow. and probably one of 10 in St. Louis at that wow. point. And some of them have gone to like Notre Dame and some other places. But like, anyway, so I wanted to go to a Christian school and I wanted to play lacrosse. Oh, yeah. And the short version is Messiah was the closest one. Where's Messiah? It's outside of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So okay. north of Gaysburg. Okay. And so it was about 18 hours from St. Louis where I grew up. Wow. So it was long. That's a whole. And yeah. my dad and I went. And realistically, part of the reason I picked it too is because Messiah was the school my dad probably would have loved to have taught at. Hmm. Not from a student perspective, because he, but from a, he loves sports so much. He like, Messiah is a great school. Hmm. It is a, it's 3,000 students. It's a big undergrad, has all kinds of sports. It's got, it, it values, he values sports. And so like the alignment of hmm. faith, cool. academics and like. Division sports, three, division you said three. three. Yeah. Okay. But it has, Messiah's got, we can do a whole commercial on Messiah, but yeah. like Messiah is an incredible, Messiah is an incredible. Is sp- it like liberal arts? It's liberal in arts. That way? Okay. Uh, they've actually added some graduates, so now it's a university, but he has liberal arts. But the highest things they graduate are accounting and nursing. Okay. So they don't do a ton on the, they have English and those kinds of mm. things, the social sciences, but there's a lot more. What'd you um, major in? Business. Business. Business administration. Okay. Yeah. And which was fine. It wasn't, by no means was it like a right home about Were experience. you like, did you have any thoughts at this point of what you wanted to do? No and idea. Like you had nothing. So like, I was going to go in as graduate graphic design. So that was my plan. Did you just have a proclivity to art and I think design? I, I think so? my mom thought maybe I would like it. Okay. Or I wasn't, maybe, or just had an eye towards it to some okay. degree. But does graphic design programs are incredibly rigorous, right? Labs and just kind of mm-hmm. like a science degree. Like hmm. you just, there's a lot of work beyond the classroom okay. that's required. And it just became clear that like one, because I had done some like design work in high school and stuff with just different tools. And, mm-hmm. But I'm not a, like particularly programs at that time, you you had to learn like the fine skills. Like you had mm-hmm. to sit and be able to draw your face in the shadow. I don't see that. Like yeah. freehand. Yeah. Okay. Or using like physical paints or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't have those skill okay. sets. Like okay. I can understand like the alignment of something and why this looks better than that, but not like a yeah. the ability to actually reproduce something. And so that became, I took a couple classes. Like I'm yeah. just not good at this. And then the schedule. And so switched to business and that it was a great decision. And then, and it was great. And college is about... On a functional level, college is about education. I think education is broader than just like the time you have in class. Books and uh, class, books. yeah. So there's self-expression. There's learning. There's oh, to be independent. Learning to be independent. Yeah. And there's just learning to, you know, I'm teaching a class right now at T at Haslam School and Haslam School of Business. And I told the students from the get-go, like, hey, like, I, these are all seniors. And so juniors and seniors, I'm going to teach this class. Like, you are, this is a job. Mm. And you have requirements. Mm. And you have responsibilities to do these things. And they, we did, we do a case method. So basically their first homework was to review a case and then provide their analysis. Mm. And they hated it because it's ambiguity. Like they're like, <laughs> what do I do here? And it's like, there's no wrong answer. There's no right answer. Yeah. It's just, you need to do this thought work. Right. And I mean, four class before it was due. This is the first one. I said, you guys have any questions about the assignment? Nope. Friday, the assignment's due next Thursday. I get 10 emails from these students with all kinds of questions about the assignment. <laughs> and then even once we get to class, they have all kinds of questions afterwards. I was like, guys, I, next time, if I ask you, if your boss asks you, do you have any questions about what is expected <laughs> to turn in a week from now? You're and you have questions, you should ask the question. Then, yeah, then yeah. don't ask it on Tuesday yeah. <laughs> or on Wednesday because now you're assuming it's almost that I too can late. Yeah. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah. And so I think there's pieces of that that mm. you learn too. But I think even just like being around people, being around like different like my college one of my college roommates, his dad was an entrepreneur, he's actually an accountant, but entrepreneur in the, like, in the truest sense. Like mm-hmm. he, so his company probably still exists today, but his company built Jumbotron. Um, wow. So like my friend's name was Chad. So like visiting Chad's house was like an epic of Cribs. You pull up to his house and there's just like 
Benz and Beamer and just like <laughs> like just like cars on this like hand laid fieldstone and you walk up the steps. This is a college for me. College, college yeah. Oh, wow. And then, then it's just the estate with the pool and the like. And it's like when well, we're gonna go to the yacht club for dinner and it's just wow, like next level. Like it's cool. And but again, it, it's a worldview. My, yeah. I didn't grow up. Yeah. I didn't grow up like that. And yeah. so it was helpful to like. Yeah. Particularly for me, because I think from the ambition side, I think it's like, oh, I want those things. Mm. And then to talk to Chad and be like, man, it's not really that fulfilling. Mm. Like for him, mm. yeah, his like I think there are plenty of families that can't be, but for him, yeah. his, he traded a lot there, or his family traded a lot there. Right. And his, he had all these things, yeah, but it wasn't the same as other people. It's down to like, the, it's more about the experiences and stuff than it is about the stuff you have, it's, or if you take the stuff and create experiences. Yeah. yeah. So it's a different, but I think but that's how I got to, and then my parents fully supported that. Like they were. And where did um, Kyle go? Kyle went to University of Louisville. Went to Louisville. And he, his oh. college decision was a lot. Like, I made mine my junior year. Like, I knew where I was going. Yeah. And in hindsight, like, I tell people all the time, like, Messiah was a big piece of my identity at the time. Like, if I hadn't grown up in St. Louis, there's a ton of great schools in St. Louis. Mm. I probably would have gone to one of those. Yeah. Just because if I'd lived in any other town, like, great, we'll go to this great school here. Like, Washington University has a great, like, business program and med program mm. and law. Like, they're just fantastic schools. Messiah mm. was great. It just was Kyle went to UofL. And so, like, they're and we really forked to, like, most people assume that twins are friends and we're like, we're just becoming friends, oh, like in some way. Interesting. Like not yeah. in, I mean, like in a mean way, but like yeah. there was a period of time where- Just didn't communicate we, that much. Like uh, he did, a, he's very good at what he does. So he marched in the band there. He marched in a thing called drum corps, mm. like top tier drum corps. Yeah, so like I'm familiar with drum over corps. the summer. So yeah. like he, and so like he, there was a period of time that we didn't see each other, I think for 18 months. Wow. Just because our paths were so Went like- Different ways. Different ways. Yeah. I ended up traveling out of the country. And so and there are people who are like, you didn't talk to you. You didn't see your brother. Like we must have talked like every week. Cause I, we might have sent like a aim chat or something like that. Like how's it going? Because again, some and a lot of that too is just our worlds were they were so different. Yeah. And there are parts of it too that I think were just like they're challenging when you're when you have someone in your home yeah. that you're constantly compared with. It is it was difficult both ways. It was hard for him because I got to do the things that culture and society value. Mm. I got to do sports. I played yeah. lacrosse and football and like I did mm. these things mm. and he did the stuff that high school society does not value. Don't right? know that, yeah. You know, yeah. Band and music yeah. and theater. Yeah. But then he got the stuff that like cult society values as well, which is he got straight A's, he got to be in like gifted mm. birth. Like yeah. he got to do these things. Yeah. And I don't think either of us was like, I am against him and I am not for him. Yeah. It was just like, we're just two I'm ships in a night. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting over who gets to take the car. So, like, so growing up, <laughs> that's it was awesome. Kind of, yeah. That's awesome. But we didn't want for anything. My parents were ex exceptional at making sure we had what we needed and when we needed it and how we needed it and even paying for like college and things like that. That was episode one with Gavin Baker. I hope it left you wanting more and inspired as we head towards episode two with Gavin.